And we're back. Welcome to the Printer Games Podcast, the podcast about what's new and awesome in 3D printing for gamers. I'm one of your hosts, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param, and I'm joined by... Kristen Sowards, also known as Seventh Mastery. Uh, I was thinking about what episodes to title this, and, and you'll notice if you're watching live, we don't have an episode card or title. It's because today's a banter episode where we're going to have lots of little topics, and I won't really know what to call the episode till we're done but one of the things i wanted to call it is sometimes it's not new and awesome sometimes it's new and frustrating mm-hmm. i'm I've, s- I, so glad I, I haven't had this experience yet yet now i'm terrified to open my box uh so just to kick it off uh right away um what have you been up to Kristen? Uh, I've been up to a lot less frustrating things than you. Uh, I okay. have started, okay, a while back uh, to mm-hmm. proxy for um, some black blades in my games, but they're also Ooh. usable for uh, Chaos Warriors. I did some Broken Anvil Ooh. kind of Chaos Knight looking dudes. Yeah, I saw those. They looked really cool. Yeah, I really liked them. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm basically building a Chaos Army, right? And I'll probably mm-hmm. play Chaos United because I love all of them. So. Mm-hmm. And again, this would be with proxies or with one-page rules, depending on what we were doing. So mm-hmm. I started using one-page rules, speaking of. They have uh, war, war daemons, uh, which are mm-hmm. kind of blood letter proxies, I imagine, blood, blood letters mm-hmm. of corn. Um, but I freaking love them. I like their armor. Their armor is way cooler. This is not going to be the best picture, but... yeah. Um, but very much like the blood letters, they have a bit more variety in their weapons, but their armors just got way cooler textures. Um, they're still a little small from what I feel like blood letters were a little bigger and I'm sure Mm -hmm. I could adjust that, but I just, I set up a tray of them just to kind of go really enjoyed painting them until I exploded my, uh, container here of, of Leo game color. I blew the the bone white that I was using to do their horns and their weapons because I did their weapons like bone too but I blew it all over myself on a live stream, which was really Oh, no. Yeah, so, like, the general rule for dropper bottles is if you gently squeeze and the paint doesn't come out, and you shake it, gently squeeze, and the paint doesn't come out, do not continue to squeeze, because disaster awaits. Well, I I thought I used my my trusty little teeny, these curved uh, tweezers. There may Mm be... I don't know what a half inch in length and they're really yeah. sharp and pointy and i thought that would do the trick and i thought i got a little paint out mm-hmm. and i gave it a good squeeze oh no there's never some, a good squeeze is never the at no point in time is a good squeeze a good idea even on a perfectly functional bottle of this stuff yep yep so i was wearing a brand new shirt <laughs> oh no and I just, just got bone white spattered all over my shirt, all over my table. I believe on my charging cable right here, there's still some right on it. Oh, maybe. great. Yeah. So that's I, now I, your painting shirt. <laughs> yes, it is. But uh, yeah, so that was my fun frustration, but really not that bad compared to, yeah. I think, your frustrating experience. Yeah. And uh, this is going to become an unfortunate. Uh, so I. So I finally, you know, we, we talked about the Neptune 3. We were super hype about the Neptune 3 because I love the Neptune 2. It's rock-solid beast that I've printed hundreds of things on, and it's just perfect. And it's my favorite little 3D printer. And, like, the Neptune 3's got... It's going to be everything the Neptune 2 was, but it's got automatic bed leveling and a built-in flex plate. And, oh, boy, I've had nothing but frustration with my Neptune 3. I, I 
put it together. It puts together like a dream. It took me 10 minutes to put this thing together. It was super easy. And they've got a YouTube video that walks you through every step of the process. And it is a wonderful experience. And then okay. I get it set up and I do the test print, the little Buddha statue that the any yeah, uh, you the videos. And it yeah, looks yeah. smooth. That thing sounds it's so the, quiet. Yeah, it's a perfect print. It's like the best I've ever had that test print come out. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm going to put it to print off some more things just to warm it up and get used to using it. So I queue up some of my movement trays um, I was for uh, so you know little 25 millimeter circle rack trays for war games. Right. So I put the two by five together because that's a real common one. You use it in Oathmark and one page rules is Age of Fantasy Regiments would use it. Lots of games would use it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, I need like a crap ton of these. And uh, I start printing them. And yep. The first one comes out absolutely dead perfect. The best this has ever come off my printer. Nice. It is wonderful. It like I didn't clean. even print it with a brim. This thing just flat on plate perfect. Really? Every, yeah. Completely smooth. Completely yeah, smooth. Yeah, that looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on the second one, this weird texture showed up on the bottom. Uh, not good. That's that's a that's a that's a that's a not good. But but the next one came out perfect. Okay. You know? Yeah, so, great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then they started to come out weird. Uh, and this thing auto levels, and I, it levels before every print. Mm -hmm. uh, automatically levels itself before every print. So there, this should not be happening. I should right, not be having right. level. This is leveling issues, is what I'm showing. It's like the curve is pointed up. There's this weird texture where the nozzle is burning into the layer beneath it when it shouldn't be. Right. These are leveling issues. And then. I was like, okay, I re-leveled it manually. I, I maybe was a little bit... Um, at, when you level it the first time, you do have to tell it like the Z offset. So you slide the paper underneath the nozzle one time to get it to be like just the perfect amount off the bed. Okay. And I was like, maybe I put it down there too low. So I, I leveled it looser the next time. Um, and I said, okay, go print another one of these and let's see how it turns out. And I was like, okay, so there's some twerks. Uh, some, some things I'm going to need to do to get this thing going. And mm -hmm. then disaster strikes it right. not on i come back like i see it put the first layer down okay cool that's i always make sure that the first layer is going down before i leave a printer alone. yeah i won't leave the room until i see yeah. that silhouette so, yeah so i go into the next room i'm watching uh rings of power i'm having a great time i've watched for two episodes i'm like okay i'm gonna go check on it and these things only take like an hour and a half to print they, they're not long prints i like to just i like to just like factory yep. knock them out peel it off knock and, another one out yep Oh my gosh. And I'm going to pull up a picture of what happens next. I believe okay. I've seen this picture on your, from your phone. You have, and it is, it is sadness times, but basically like I find the, the, the tray, which is this one, by the way, this one mm -hmm. knocked behind the printer. Behind, like it's the, flown off the printer. Yeah. The nozzle has knocked it off the printer. And there's this gigantic molten blob of plastic completely encasing my hot end. Uh, and that's not a good look for hot ends. No. You don't want complete bulbs of plastic. You don't even want a solidified drop around them. Yeah, that's not, this is not a bulb. If you're listening to this, this, this is a tomb, a tomb of plastic encasing the hot end. Oh, no. Um, and so I went looking on the forums and like, you know, WTF, mate. And the Neptune forums are just filled with posts, like three, four, five people posting things that look worse than this. Yikes. Um, so this seems to be a problem with the Neptune 3 Param right now. Param, I am cursed when it comes to this stuff. I am now horrified to open my box. 
Um, there is rumors that there is a firmware update that can fix this problem, or fix the leveling problems. Um, I have been in contact with Elegoo support. They assure me that this is a fixable problem, but I am not having a fun time. Like, this, this is, I understand this is normal, but like, I'm Neptune 3 so that I would no longer need to worry about this. Yeah, time. it was supposed to the not printer's be supposed to, like this. Yeah. yeah, this is a leveling problem. The printer is supposed to level itself every time it prints. I should not be having leveling problems. Um, so this is definitely a fault with the printer, and I am not alone in um, this is this is problem with James is asking: Is it a print head issue or is it an issue with the auto leveling? I would have to assume there's an issue with the auto leveling because, uh, and I know what reason I, I strongly suspect that is because when I leveled it, I've leveled it manually, and then afterwards I leveled it manually a few more times, and I was getting drastically different numbers for what it thought the Z offset should mm. be, which should not happen. It should be the Every same. Time. Or near yeah. the same, not like twenty difference, like point twenty, uh, point two zero difference every time I'm, I'm doing it. Um, okay. Yeah, and so the the forum says it's a other leveling issue. I'll I'll keep y'all updated with how it goes, but as of right now, I can't really recommend purchasing a Neptune three at the that moment. Sucks. Not until I see see some results from from that. James is asking, is the print head salvageable? I. Some people assure me that it is the like evidently clogs like this are they happen and I'm being told you just heat up the print head and then you can pull it off and then clean out the nozzle. Um, I've seen some of the ones online that that would not be true where the the, the clogging has like gone to such an extent that it exploded the housing. Yeah, <laughs> that the uh, print head was in. Alex says similar issue with my CR6 SE before it finally caught fire. Oh no. Oh no. I do not want fire. I do oh, not want fire. Perhaps it was a cure update issue as nothing else had changed. <laughs> yeah. And over time, like usually when I hear about this, it's because of printer, it's for older printers, like printers that have been used for a while. Um, and it's because like these are move, these are machines. These are machines that are like getting it very hot. Filament printers have a lot of moving parts. Parts wear out over time and, and need to be replaced. And that's just part of a printer's life. Even with resin printers, like the screens wear out and you have to replace them. The bulbs wear out and you have to replace them. Like machines do need maintenance and will have problems eventually. This is a brand new machine right out yeah. the box. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. like that first uh, Anycubic Mega X I got. Like, like it mm -hmm. shouldn't have been that janky right out of the box. So I'm back to my Neptune 2. My Neptune 2 still a little tank. I still highly recommend Neptune 2s. That 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 printer. I'm having to manually level my bed again like a caveman, but mm -hmm. um you know, but uh but it is still printing out parts. Nice. So that's where I'm at right now and I'm working with any uh not any cubic. I'm working with Elegoo support to get it fixed up. But that's been my my frustration. Don't uh, your nozzle just replace it? Someone, okay. uh, is that Lord Novus? The little piece you use to clean it is tricky and hurts when you prick your finger. They cost pennies. Okay, so I might be looking at replacing my nozzle. Um, Elegoo has said they will ship me replacement parts. Yeah, so That's there is that. Um, Lucas says, what is the serial number, lol? I don't know, but I was one of the very first people to sign up and buy this printer. Like I was like straight in line. I believe like, I was less than a half hour after you. So, <laughs> like I was sitting there camping 
thing the countdown and yeah. had a Perl script ready to enter my info. So like I there's very <laughs> few people that could have beaten me. Yeah, I was in a car, so there was no way I would do that. I, I did, however, pull over and park in <laughs> <and> order. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which is What's like up? I yeah, I also I do have faith in Elegoo to to set it right. They have always done good by me in the past with replacement parts and warranties and stuff, so yeah, I have nothing but good things to say about the Saturn so far, so I'm mm -hmm. hoping that will extend. And you've mm -hmm. loved your, your two, so I don't. I think it, right. it'll, it'll get sorted. It just yeah. early adoption woes. Yep, indeed, early adoption problems. Uh, but other than that, I've been re cleaning up my paint area, cleaning up my game room. We built a storage building so that I can store tons of my game crap, and everything else is going to be going in that direction. Also, we are recording this live in front of a whole bunch of audiences, because we're live on YouTube, Facebook, and a few other places. Uh, so if you've got any questions, go ahead and uh, ask them in chat. We'll be addressing them during chat. So next up, we have a bit of surprising news. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Uh, we found out that Ultimaker and MakerBot, so both very long-lived companies in the 3D printing space, have announced that they are merging yep. together to make the new company Ultimaker with a capital M this time. <laughs> They really stretched themselves. I'm sure that there was a whole um, a focus group and <laughs> ideation team that came up with that difference in capital. And like they have been producing some of the earliest, um, like decent high end consumers printers, especially and school printers uh, available. Both of these companies uh, have impeccable reputations and lots of products that people love and have been and have done great good to the community. So to see these this to be a merger is surprising. I hope that it leads to good things. I'm always a little bit cautious anytime major groups start to merge in a emerging mm -hmm. field because i don't want to hit the disney plus situation where we have one person that or one company that controls all of pop culture in in one spot um but let's just hope that this one leads to good happy things and i don't really have any bad things to say about either company they've both done um you know a lot of good for the industry over the years so i don't have i can't really pin anything on them of examples right, of bad right. behavior well and they're usually pretty high end right so mm -hmm. like it's yeah. not like it's going to be a low consumer situation it's probably going to result in an even even higher quality would be my guess so so we are saying the name <laughs> <laughs> alex alex and chat coming in with saying the name ultimaker bot is available uh so it would seem so it would seem uh, jennifer perkin is saying i almost bought this printer for hubby's birthday so glad i did and i am sad that i'm having problems with this thing and i'm seeing others i really wanted this printer to be awesome but hey it's important that i let you all know what i'm actually dealing with when i'm dealing with it i did not get an early review copy or anything like some of the other content creators got i uh i just had to buy mine just like everybody else's and uh and so my own money's on the line not that it's much money this is a stupidly cheap printer yeah and it was a really great deal so yeah <laughs> I, I feel the same way i wouldn't have got it if it hadn't been kind of a, a no-brainer in terms of cost so oh. and i'm not too sad about going back to the neptune too it's it was a great printer and leveling it once a day not stupidly time consuming right i just need to quit being lazy yes it. yes but i did want to oh uh, but we have we have more news we have more fun news 
including a news item that I'm not sure you're aware of. Maybe you are. Oh, I, maybe I'm not aware of it. What's the news item I'm not aware of, Kristen? Uh, I mean, it's not a super surprise if you've been following anything related to it, but uh, Black Magic Crafts uh, Idols of Torment t- Kickstarter finally kicked off. Oh! Okay. And I went to go check it out, and at first I was horrified because I did not see STLs until yeah. I got down to the Mac Daddy, because he's turned around on 3D printing. He was really anti, and then he was kind of, mm-hmm. he's like, I was wrong and adopted it. And yeah, yeah, I went down to the the big, big, you know, Mama Jamma, get everything pledge level. Um, and suddenly there are STLs. And I was like, what the heck? Like, why why are they down here? After You still get the physical product. You still get like a printed book, a PDF book. You get the whole game. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? But then I realized um, you can go up and, and donate almost anything. Um, and then as an add-on, you can mm-hmm. put the STL in. And that's what I was going to just make sure listeners knew. That it, if you go in and like get a PDF or I think there's a minimum pledge level to get the add-on pledge manager, then you can go in and just buy the um, add-ons. And there is terrain, like that are the big sculpture statue things. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then there's, um, you know, uh, minis as well. But there are STLs for both of them, and you don't have to buy the physical product. At a casual glance, it looks like you have to buy the the, the physical product to get the STLs, which I think mm-hmm. is weird. Yeah, I had a similar issue with um, uh, Miniac's big uh, Kickstarter, where he had the the, the cool Wood Elf statues uh-huh. and figures to 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 buy, and uh, it was a similar thing where oh, you could just pledge a dollar and then add on the STL files to get all the the really. Film. I, yeah. I full on did not back it because I didn't see the STL. Oh yeah, well I did, and that's how <laughs> I got them. Um, so oops. Yeah. So that's and, an admonition uh, was, to our creators out there. Put your STL information up front. I understand that probably some people are a little leery mm-hmm. to just announce that there's STLs right away in their, mm-hmm. in their stuff. Yeah. But there should just be an STL pledge, like a, the all digital pledge. Right. Every Kickstarter that offers. Give me a PDF. Really give me STLs. You know, right. I'll buy your book. I'll pay extra for your book just to get the STLs and convenient, you know, mm-hmm. like in one mm-hmm. drop. And, uh, it was like also like um, the Miniac one was seven dollars for all the STLs, <laughs> which was stupid cheap. So I was like, "Oh heck yeah!" <laughs> oh, I feel disappointed oh. now that I didn't dig into that a little deeper. But it's just like you know, I love Broken Anvil. I am mm-hmm. a Broken Anvil fanboy. I pay annual for that Patreon. Mm-hmm. Ribbonstone, no STL mm-hmm. support for it, just kills me. Kills. Me. And of a similar note, one that's kind of under the radar. Uh, for a very big project right now, uh, the Stormlight Archives minis have yep. hit Kickstarter. And I am a huge fan of the Stormlight Archives. Are you? Do you like the Stormlight Archives? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not to mention that. Uh, Brandon's local, and he's a super cool oh. dude. So, like, I can say, because I, I worked in books for almost two decades, mm-hmm. and uh, Sanderson's legit. He's a super nice guy. The books are fun. But yeah, I, I love I love the stuff, and I thought this is also only physical. Is there an STL level? So there is not an STL level. So what uh. they've done is it's mostly physical minis. Uh, they have the option of these little six packs. There's like three different six packs, one for each of the novels of uh, of figures. Um, right. I do not know. I, I did not read enough to know if they are thermoplastic or resin. Um, but they look they look fantastic. Like they really they really look fantastic. I like Dalinar. I love Dalinar. He's one of my favorite characters. Bridge Four Kaladin. There's multiple versions of Kaladin. Of course there is. Mary Sue. Um, so it's it's great. <laughs> And you can't get those six packs. Okay, there are four six packs 
Uh, uh-huh. You cannot get those six packs digitally, but they also have like rank and file troops and monsters that are not the main characters available that you can buy in, in packs as well to like build your own soldiers and, and, and to go along with the main characters. And mm-hmm. those are available as an STL file if you would rather have uh, print out your army instead of having to buy that pack over and over again so if you want the named characters the unique characters you have to buy those at like six eight ten dollars a piece um, but you but can't if you get want... stls of them no but you can get stls of all of the soldiers and monsters uh can you get an stl so. for the chasm fiend uh, it says it has 3D files including Shardbearer, Chol, and the Army Builder. No, okay. the Chasm Fiend is a is a bespoke mini that you have to buy on its own for forty dollars. Mm. Yeah. So, but uh, hey, it's they got some STL pack that you can pledge into if you want. Uh, At least that's something. Yeah. I, ha- I have already spent way too much money this year on getting the four surprise book Kickstarter. So oh yeah, I'm a huge friend know. of uh, Sanderson, so like I. And it hurt, but I passed on that. Yeah, I'm just gonna buy those books when they come out, and I feel bad about that. But I don't know. I had to wait for a what was it, Don Shard? Having to mm-hmm. wait for that to even go to ebook drove me crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I was just so ugh, it. It took a while, and people were already reading it from the Kickstarter last time, so I couldn't do it again. So I think that it's neat that we're seeing STL files like showing up on big releases. Uh, it makes sense for the Black Magic Craft one. Oh, it, it occurs to me that some of our listeners might not know what Black Magic Craft is. Uh, oh, so, that's a good point. Yeah, Jeremy from Black Magic Craft, fantastic YouTube channel. You should go check it out for sure. Uh, it is all about like crafting terrain for games like handcrafted mostly using xps foam which is installation foam you can get uh at you know most hardware stores and now like there's like whole groups that that specialize in selling packs of it to gamers which is kind of cool to see yep uh and it makes it's like really great tutorials on how to make that stuff very cheaply, very effectively, and very quickly. You will and... end up buying a Proxon uh, foam cutter if you watch it too long. <laughs> I did, and that's how I made my little wall segment here with little chocolate foam cores. I I still haven't bought a Proxon. I borrowed one from a friend and used it and loved it. I love it. And I and like I am like literally too. It would take no amount of time for somebody to talk me into buying one right now. Uh, so a Proxon is like a table wire hot wire cutter for foam, and it makes crafting this stuff super easy. XPS foam is a wonderful material. And before I jumped into three D printing real hardcore, I was real big into doing that crafting my own stuff like that for well and if i'm like on a panic for like an event or like a really Mm -hmm. cool dungeon Mm -hmm. this is crazy but i have actually started a print to get like some very like uh functional or very specific pieces and at the same time i've run down here and used the proxon to cut like big foam pieces to put it on and like the things you can get done in the same amount of time with both of them you can get so much done while you're doing both but it's Mm -hmm. it's a commitment and if i have to be honest like the 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 smart thing to do as a gamer who wants to have like the really cool looking terrain for their games whether it's rpgs or wargaming is probably use the crafty methods to make the big stuff and the dungeon tiles and the empty rooms and then grab that resin printer and use it to print off your furniture and your your, your detail bits your and detail like, walls yeah and, and the really cool like... throne the vampire sits on and it's funny i have all these visual aids right by me but i'm just going to quickly say this is the WizKids prefab. Uh-huh. 
It's fine. It's nice. I like it. You know, it, it's but it's very uniform. If you obviously if you're listening, so you can't see this. Mm-hmm. It's very uniform. There's very like strict patterning in it. Where I think that the results you get for hand cutting is it, just it's just so much more flavorful and has more character. So, and that yeah. stuff is all coated in Mod Podge and it's surprisingly durable. You can like throw that crap across the room and it'll be yep. fine. Yep. It survives way better. And if it doesn't, it was so cheap and fast to make. It's crazy. <laughs> it, it's true. Just because I have a 3D printer doesn't mean I want to hand, hand I, I don't handcraft stuff still. I love doing the crafty bits. It's like the 3D printer is just another tool in our arsenal. And you yep. know what's great about 3D printers? You can 3D print tools for crafting. It's you can, true. It's true. We talked about those texture rollers. Um, in fact, there's a new Kickstarter that I've just started getting into. Not Kickstarter, but Patreon uh-huh. that I've just started getting into. That's kind of becoming a uh, that's kind of blowing up right now in the scene. Um, it's called Custom Miniature Maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, they do not publish their membership, so I do not know how many members they've got. Um, but I'm going to pull them up on screen right now. And what they do is they just specialize in tools for using in the crafting. Now their stuff, they, they are all about using DOS clay with the texture rollers and, and the stamps and stuff. Um, which, so I'm going to give that a try. instead of the XPS foam, they have said the rollers do work on XPS foam if you prefer to go that way, but like you, you've got these texture rollers and they've also got like the stamps to put the grid pattern on things that don't have the grid pattern. And they also have bases, like little base punches so that you can make base custom miniature bases with them. And they also have base topper cutters that will cut the top texture that will fit on a standard size GW base to just put it and leave the rim alone. Nice. This So this is like an FDM print you would make. Uh, a right? lot of their stuff is printed in resin, actually. Oh, interesting. You print it in FDM. Um, okay. But like if you print it in FDM, you'll get your texture roller will have the layer lines there. Sure, sure. And if you print it in resin, they won't. So that's why I like to print my texture rollers in resin. And even though it does cost a lot, that's a that that'll eat up like a good two hundred milliliters of resin. But they also do publish like little scatter pieces to go along with the texture roller theme that month. So this has been real fun uh, to mess with. And here's like here's like some of the base punches. Uh, they have like yeah. you know they tell you exactly what the size of the base punch is, and it's great it's like cookie they, cutter. Uh, cookie cutters i love it it's it's cookie cutters it's really nerdy cookie cutters they also have it like in hex grids so you can put a hex grid down on your thing if oh. you want to do a mech warrior terrain you could do a clay cast uh west marches board for your D game if you were into that yeah so and they also have a crap ton of stuff for free so like the basic stone texture and indoor texture and cave textures and the punches are just available for free um and they they're currently doing the you pledge in and you get everything method oh, of, oh, of patreon like- yeah, so like you can go all the way back and just download. I you love just it. Get a link yet, to I a library. So what guilty. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I do too. But uh, like I've I've been actively pledging them since they started. So you just get a library link where like all the files that they've ever made are just in there. Nice. Looks like Alex has thrown out that Ian Lovecraft has a new Kickstarter starting. I, I know we just finished uh, Dark, oh, they... Dark Alley, maybe right. And I know there's a Viking one. I think starting is. 
maybe what okay. he's talking about. Yeah. If you've got some info on that, Alex, let us know. I haven't, I, that one has dropped below the radar, uh, but I love Lovecraft stuff. Uh, I think I've pledged almost everything that they, they've made. It's It's been awesome. And gosh, that newest one just looks so cool. I wanted, the big reason I wanted to get my Neptune 3 going was to print the new one. Right, right. I well, want that mansion. Really neat, yeah. And because I'm about to run a Ravenloft game, I could really use some creepy vampire-y stuff right now. I saw a very fascinating TikTok trend about non-Slavic uh, Strahd. Give, give us your non-Slavic, non-Eastern European Strahd impersonations and there were a number of texan strods that were quite entertaining (laughs) i i support that i really like the whole idea that orcs should be texans i bet that would cause quite a bit of feeling in the community (laughs) oh cool i'm a Um, big fan of orcs uh, there there is some um some deep love on the TikToks for the orcs. There is orc talk. It is a thing. <laughs> you must the She-Hulk me to filter, talk. the She-Hulk filter that has just come out. Everybody is using to do like pseudo cosplay as orcs. It's <laughs> kind of entertaining <laughs> to have an intersectionality of two fandoms like that. Is is it's a sight. I will say that if you're bored, get on TikTok and, and look up the She-Hulk filter at orcs. So we have, I have another bit of news, but do you want to jump in before I drop no, the next one? You got that. I think I think um, I've got a couple things left, but they're pretty small. Alex says Boston Strahd has to be the best. <laughs> nice. At least my Eastern London ears. Okay. Now we have some interesting surprise news that hit us with Vallejo. Yes. They have announced that they are doing a what they're calling express colors which is their entry (laughs) entering into the contrast paint arena is vallejo colors and the they did a spotlight paint off uh event to announce it with juan hildago doing a lot of it so this they they put these call this paint together in consultation with Arno Lazario and Juan Hidalgo. Uh, mm-hmm. And Juan Hidalgo is one of my favorite painters uh, going. He is absolutely amazing. I can never get to his skill level. And he is he's got a very entertaining YouTube channel. So go check that out. Uh, it's great. And also follow him on Instagram. And then he posted this picture of one, the, one of the minis that he made with the with the new express colors and as somebody who paints with these paints a lot and have also seen other people flex with these paints better than i ever could this picture uh blows me absolutely away with some of the qualities it has how it handles that skin tone how it handles Mm -hmm. the smoothness on the leathers you don't see a lot of the tea staining or the pulling you don't see a lot of the telltale oh that's a contrast paint job signs with it also the colors are they're there but they have that like muted effect that vallejo often has with their colors so this looks like somebody used vallejo paints to paint this yeah i've painted enough with vallejo that leather Uh, looks like it has three or four shades in it to me like it looks like there's a highlight on it it looks mm-hmm. like there's a deep like a stain of some kind or a ink mm-hmm. of some kind yeah. it's amazing and when pushed about like how it was painted he has said there's no highlights on this image and there was yep. nothing highlighted at all to produce this it was also painted completely with the express colors so with no additional colors used um some things were put on in multiple layers to add like to darken it and to shade it so he specifically called out the bow and the tips of the feathers were done that way by using multiple layers of the paint and then everything else was just done straight 
But I'm going to say, um, and, if and the, the exception layers, of the eyes, the eyes the were painted manually. Yes. If the if the multiple layers go on that smooth, though, mm-hmm. this might be a win over either of the other two things because yeah. you know I've noticed um, spe- uh, specifically with um, contrast. If I go back in again, it pools and bubbles and does weird things where like the entire pigmentation slides off underneath the new coat. Oh, you're getting reactivation issues with your yeah, layers. yeah, which. Um, I'm sure we both discovered you can use medium to fix that, but like mm-hmm. it's if uh, if he really didn't have to like do extra steps for that, I think that's amazing. Sea uh, Catlist says that's a terrible name for a paint line. Express colors, uh, they have to yes. come up with something. Yes, it sounds use... to me like a shop from the '90s in a mall. Let's mm-hmm. go to Express Colors. Yeah, and uh, I actually was a little bit grumpy with speed paints being used as a name because it's a tech. It's a it's a whole style of painting that's now going to be completely, but honestly, GW started this with contrast paints and like the prime word to discuss what you need to achieve in painting is you need more contrast. So they're all they're all guilty of bad names for product. It would be like naming your new tabletop role playing game the role playing game. Yeah. Oh darn it! But speaking of painting techniques, this mm-hmm. segues into a painting technique you were talking to me about, doesn't it? Oh yes. So. So tying into this, I was like, hey, I love to paint with contrast paints and I do it over zenithals. And have Me you too. heard of the slap top chop method? I had not until just a little while ago. Yeah. You educated so, me. Yeah. So like obviously using these tools, you can like you can they they do allow for some really quick lazy painting that I adore. Because anything that gets models on the table fast and looking halfway decent is great. And again, I tell you that you're what you're trying to beat is hero clicks. Because hero clicks has passed off in this hobby as acceptable levels of paint jobs on, on models. And they don't even get the face on the right side of the head most of the time. I haven't even done shading on this yet, and it's already better yeah, than I'd most clicks. Yeah, I would be happy with just a base layer of contrast across an entire mini as a game piece. I would be happy with that at my table. It beats gray any day of the week. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but there are some ways that you can get your, your, your use these contrast speed paints, these transparent paints. Uh, Green Stuff World introduced dipping inks as mm-hmm. as their alternative. And, and, and their big marketing seems to be just, you give us $8 and we give you a giant freaking bottle. Like a ginormous bottle of this paint yeah it has to be big though i've done army painter dips too and like if it isn't big enough you've got a problem yeah or you could just watch the goob video and just make this crap yourself using acrylic inks and medium and it works just as good i love like this is what i've painted all my ghouls that you see in the banner on their channel art uh i painted it with this very paint that i made myself using the goob recipe so tell me more about this slap chop thing. Okay, so with slap chop, what you do, and I, I had a, a, I had a, I had a thing to pull up for this. But what you do is what we used to call gray brushing uh, to your model first, or you're you're basically going to be doing a value sketch on it. But it's just dry brushing. So you grab those nice soft makeup brush dry brushes, and then do a one or two passes. Like you can cheat and go straight to white, prime black, go straight to white. And instead of doing a zenithal spray prime, or in addition to doing the zenithal, like Dana Howe will do, mm-hmm. uh, you then take the the dry brush, first do gray and do a real heavy dry brush on it, and then grab white, or you can make as many progressive layers as you want to put on the mini, and just make the raised edges more and more white. And then when you go over the contrast with that, you get what looks a whole lot like he- the heavy metal style, 
where you're doing the edge highlighting and the shading. And how this differs from Zenithal is Zenithal will do a very realistic light effect on the model with natural stuff, but the tops will be like completely white because they'll be full brightness. You can lose a lot of crevices yeah. as compared to this. I had to admit I was really skeptical when you mm -hmm. showed me the, the idea, but then I, I saw some of the results. Even just with the gray white, that's all he was doing. Straight black prime, heavy gray dry brush, light white edge pick out and it was yeah. so good and what it does is it 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 it, it makes this not happen like i did this as zenithal style and if i paint up this werewolf he'll look awesome this the, i'm showing one of the cast and play werewolves but, but because this wolf was hunched over like underneath the hunch is almost pure black and the right, right. only reason it's not is i actually went in there with a dry brush a little bit to dust in there and highlight some of that those muscles and like and but when you do the effect like the model looks awesome. Like here on the back, that was almost pure black, but like it gives you those shadows and volumes, very realistic style where the slap chop method will give you that like games workshoppy, uh, heavy metal edge highlighting style. And it's up to you which one you want to go for or you can do like Dana Howell uh, on her channel. She does both. She does the Zenithal and then comes in with a dry brush to put on top of that. And sometimes that means like going with like a slightly darker or like a, a slight gray instead of a white to do your Zenithal and then hitting it with the white or pale, pale sand, sand. Right. It has to be pale, pale sand. sand. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, ben Stanley says hello. Uh, hello, Ben. Also, um, we have I see Catlett saying they could call them slap chop paints. Um, but uh, Alex here says our paint makes you a better painter. The reality that was the promise. Uh, the reality is get good scrub. That's something you know get to. This is just mm -hmm. another tool. Um, mm -hmm. I've been encountering a lot of painters online that uh, seem to be asking permission to um, kind of berate the slap chop, berate the the. Huh? the Zenithil uh, kind of a gatekeeper mentality a little bit. And uh, like you said earlier, paint on the mini is just going to make the play experience better for everybody. Uh, yeah. You know, um, in quilting, uh, James always says it's it's riding by on a gallop, galloping horse is is good, mm -hmm. and I think that's that holds for minis too. You know, if it looks good from the table view, then it's good. Um, you know, a lot of times you're not going to see that you've picked out the the command crests on the chaos general with, and you've edge highlighted the ribbon. You know, yeah, that right. looks rad if you're participating for golden demon, but it doesn't do anything on the table. Yeah, like it's just a, like you said, it's just another tool in the toolbox that can be used anyway, and. And, and I'm going to have two models I'm going to show you here. Okay, So this model right here is one of my skeletons I painted. Mm -hmm. And it is just straight up a Zenithal Plus speed paints. Uh, Army Painter speed paints on this one. With and, your undercoat uh, trick. Uh, yeah, the undercoat dry brush. But look at the top half of the model but where before the dry brushing. And that is just all speed paint doing the job with the Zenithal. I didn't do any extra highlighting, any extra work. Yep. And it looks good it looks this good it looks fantastic. great fantastic this won't win me a dumb this won't win me a painting contest but it looks great it'll is perfect little game piece and i had a billion skeletons to paint and he's a skeleton i don't need him to be like a, a contest winning paint job and already i'm i'm really like this model i'm i'm more than proud of the how the job came off yes he took me five minutes that's all the skeleton took me but sometimes that's showing off the sculpt and that's worth doing too and then there's werewolf boy werewolf boy those abs yeah so werewolf boy i love the pieces and i spent hours on werewolf boy uh -huh. and so werewolf boy started off life just a zenithal prime 
Okay. And this is weird because I actually have step by step. And That's then cool. I put the army painter speed paints on the werewolf. Yeah. Which looks and, okay, good. I could stop here. I could stop it's here. Good. And he'd be good. a cool looking werewolf boy. And I'm happy with. And I, I really went with the cool blue because I like blue fur as an option for the werewolf. Yeah. Has kind and, of a worgen from WoW vibe to me. Yeah. And I could have stopped there. But then I just, then I went and grabbed my mon, uh, my monument hobbies pro acryl and my nice little sable brush and I then started to put layers and layers and layers of highlights on top of it and details and like picking out the eyes and the teeth and all kinds of work where I just used this as a starting step then made it better right right so the, it's another tool like it doesn't make you a crappy painter it does it's not a bad mini just because you use the tool it's not a bad mini if you use the tool and then made it better it's just another paint in the box it's just another thing you can use and the only one that gets to decide if a, a paint job is good enough is the person painting it yeah maybe if you're doing commissions <laughs> yeah your client, but, but okay the the person paying for it and most of the time sure. it's going to be you you Exactly. Yeah. And honestly, this skeleton, I am more than proud of this skeleton, and it looks better than any hero click I've ever pulled out of a box. Yeah, absolutely. Any pre-paint from a D and D or a Wizkid box too, for yeah. sure. I just don't like like yeah, so like not everybody can paint as good as everybody else. Not everybody is Juan Hidalgo. I'll never paint as good as Juan Hidalgo. Okay? It's not gonna happen. Um but I have fun painting. My minis look good to me. On a game table, they, they look good, and, and I have fun. And we do not need a bunch of people deciding that they get to be the painting police, and there's a one right proper way to play the game. There's one right proper way. I mean, anytime you have a bunch of gatekeepers coming in to make a hob because a hobby is getting easier, or there's more people getting into it, or they're not doing it the right way, you, you, you're already a butthole. So well, yeah, stop you're, it. you're already like, I mean, we're dealing enough with like 3d printing getting like stigma for games workshop folks that are like you know official models only etc cetera, etc cetera. like mm -hmm. i i don't think we need to add another layer of that onto thing right no i i'm just glad that there's a new tool that is helping ease people into the hobby and getting them painting minis and getting less gray blobs of unpainted stuff on my game tables yeah, and it, it lets me do things like, realistically, I can print something new for almost every session of D&D or Pathfinder or thing that I run. I could either have a new piece of terrain that's fully painted or a new squad of models that's fully painted. And it's realistic. It, it would not be to do, you know, older, slower techniques. I couldn't keep up with that. Right. Yeah. And on... I, this wasn't good before these products invented and then like everybody was brushing dry brushing as a technique uh it's just like at no point in time should you ever be that jerk that says yeah. like that's not real painting that's not a good paint job just because you used there's no cheating there is no cheating in art right, unless you're right. plagiarizing <laughs> there's a whole discussion there we could get into uh let's see see caitlet says table flip foundry discord giveaway 22 artists uh, 16 gigabytes uh, of free STLs, huh? Yeah, I was saving this for a shout-out because we are going to have Ty from Tableflip Foundry on as a guest next week. Oh, I'm sorry. I ruined the timing. But you excited uh, me, C. Catlett. You, you yes. did. 
So Table Flip Foundry, they have, they are a, I guess I would describe them as a 3D printing logistics company that help with, they have their company that helps other companies. They do supports. Um, they, they've helped some friends of mine get models sculpted. Like they're great middle. Uh, they have gr- lots of great tips. They came up with the cones of calibration, which is a wonderful way to calibrate your resin 3D printer. Mm-hmm. That is just, it takes longer than other calibrating methods, but it will tell you definitively if you've got it right or wrong or in which direction. Um, and don't worry about it, Cat. I'm glad you reminded me. We're just poking at you for fun right now. Um, but, uh, and so they have a Discord channel that's basically have become the unofficial uh, tabletop industry, especially a lot of insiders just hanging out there and posting it, uh, which is a thousand, they hit a thousand members on their Discord. And so as a celebration for that, they've teamed up with a lot of the artists that they work with. Uh, as well as like some painters to do painting tutorials and stuff uh, and put together this big old package of free stuff to give away. You have to go join their Discord. We'll put a link in the show notes to get to, but just look for Tabletop Foundry Discord. Um, There's a YouTube video that's two minutes long that explains all this. And just join the Discord this week and you will get access to this cool freaking repository of awesomeness. Um, Some of the people that are participating in this are, let's just run down the list a tale of grimdark al howell arctos blue Wervin, critical crafting darkest desire denny coy epic adventure miniatures feather oz forge master studios hit point press infinite dimensions lavender delivery lion tower miniatures which is the first minis i ever printed were from them milestone heroes miniature blueprint nikki's hatchery red clay collectibles risky pixels the gallant goblin they i love gallant goblin they do cool plushies mm-hmm. the hive they victus and velrock art there's still a lot of people on there i don't have any files from so that's exciting mm-hmm. yeah you know me i'm a sucker for a deal yes so that's great. That's that's awesome. Also, it's a great community. I definitely recommend anybody check it out. Uh, you'll get lots of cool. It's like really supportive, chill community for three D printing, and a great way like to get in get more more in touch with the wider community. So go check out their Discord. Very cool. <sighs> Speaking of suckers, huh? It's almost spooky season. Oh yes. If you, everybody's going to be releasing Undead next month, aren't they? Or other spooky things, but yeah, yeah, it's time to start printing. If you're doing a Halloween game, now is the time, people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to print and paint that stuff before your Halloween game. You got to get on it. And um, I'm excited about Lord of the Print uh, having vampires. Oh, okay. Um, Lord of the Print does the best dragons. <laughs> they do. They do big, huge <laughs> monsters. So I was not expecting ornate, armored, mm-hmm. gothic knights. Um, but holy cow, people, these look badass. And they'll go right next to the Arc, Arc Villain game stuff, it looks like to me. It'll just mm-hmm. click right next to that. And I'm so here yeah. for it. And you know there's going to be some big, freaky Lord of the Prince-style monster. Yeah, like 20-foot vampire or some nonsense. Some and I sort mean, of like real print. It's, you're going to need to like print 80 prints on the Saturn to get it all out or some nonsense. Yeah, I saw a, one of their prints that took 18 pieces and like four or five trays the other day and i was like it's amazing but like that's a whole <laughs> bottle and a half of resin on that table but yeah i'm excited though to see what that gets us for halloween very excited and there's a whole bunch more lots of ghosts uh speaking of which i've called out lost souls 2 uh before from um oh crap 
course I'm blanking on it now. Monolith Studios, Monolith. Mm-hmm. Um, but oddly, they're now launching a Kickstarter. They did a tr- uh, did a Frontier already for it, but they're going to launch a Kickstarter, and I don't know what that's about. I was confused when I saw that on Kickstarter this morning. I was like, wait, didn't we already? They pledge did, this? and it finished, and it funded, and I have all the stuff I've printed. I have painted. <laughs> on my table right now and um, yeah so that's a different thing i wonder what the result is you know i I think we mentioned that uh duncan's mythos duncan duncan shadows mythos um frontier i think it might have done better on kickstarter so maybe they're testing the waters and doing it backward it just seemed unusual because we normally see kickstarters turn into frontiers turn into late pledges right and i am curious how that's going to work out because like i i do think kickstarter needs some competition in the market especially with some of the stuff that's happened with kickstarter and some of the controversies right um right. it's good to have competition in the market which you know for game found has come around for a lot of the tabletop stuff but the 3d printing market hasn't really jumped into game found and it makes sense for my mini factory which is like so core to the industry to kind of jump in to fill that gap with frontiers but like at the end of the day if they're not pulling the numbers that they need to pull that they would have pulled on kickstarter i don't know how that works right Um, right so it'll be interesting to see how it funds comparatively and see if maybe creators that have only done frontiers need to start going back and doing kickstarters for those backlist things Mm -hmm. speaking of my mini factory though you may have because there's been a lot of push for their new voxel forge Hey, Voxel Forge. Uh, there, there's been um, a lot of push for their physical products being offered on there. But there was a sneaky little uh, email you may or may not have noticed that had a whole list of um, open late pledges. Oh. And I think that is a very valuable email for the value shopper. So mm-hmm. definitely go back and check your junk, junk folders. I want to say it was about two or three days ago. I was trying to find the actual date on it, but of course I didn't pull it up in time. But uh, yeah, th- keep an eye out for that because that email is is worth its weight in gold in still open frontiers that you can go and pledge on late pledges. So, uh, so I want to give a shout out um, to one I showed you. I, I shout out Lost Sword a lot. Mm-hmm. But this this month's release, I just wanted to give a shout out to because they don't they're not as popular as some of the others, and they don't get the press out in the, all the same places. But they did the Ducal Guard of Avernus. So recently, Lost Sword has switched to like instead of supporting four different armies with a release every month, each month will be dedicated to one of the armies. So when they went back to the Human Empire kind of armies, uh, they released this this awesome amazing set with wolf knights that like the horses have like wolf ornaments on them and they have weapons they've got like wolf guard they've got a command group with a dude arguing over a table with swords they've got awesome general on horse up front left that is kind of the one of the ones that attracted me most to it and then that same general is available on giant freaking f off griffin in the back. Oh, those flying mounts are fantastic. That's what I was waiting for you to get to because yeah. y'all should see them. They're they're super dynamic posed. Their wings are just like it's a menace vibe. And normally your your griffins kind of regal. But these actually look like barely contained monster griffins, and I think they're right. really cool looking. The the posing on this and like their wood elf set, especially, it's it's like when people come to me and they say, Well, like 3D printing artists are not as good as like some of the artists that are available at games workshop or other traditional companies like last last sword just 
look at those poses look at the details on these models and they are absolutely designed to have just the right amount of detail to make it fun to paint without becoming frustrating right, uh, right. some of those some of those horses to me would border on frustrating though because it's like that's a whole lot of of trim i'm gonna have to paint but well, daggone it nights are like that yeah. <laughs> very, at least i'm not cool. having a freehand bretonia colors on things Oh, all right, uh, that's the last of my shout outs this week. Anything more from you, Kristen? I think that is it. Uh, that I have just double checking my list, but yeah, I think we're good. Awesome. So until next time, uh, I, if you want to find more of this content, you can do so at printergames.com. If you want to support us, some of the best things you could do is give us a like or a comment. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening to a podcast, a review on your favorite podcast platform goes a long, long way as, to, as well as just sharing the podcast and letting your friends know about us. Word of mouth is how podcasts spread. Uh, we appreciate everything you Y'all can do, and we hope to continue to keep making these episodes for the community. Uh, if you want to find out more, you can do so at printergames.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash printergames, twitter.com slash printergames, uh, youtube.com slash param, and uh, you can email us at podcast at printergames.com. You can also watch me spray myself with paint on live on TikTok at Seventh Mastery if you'd like. Yeah, yeah, definitely go check out Kristen's TikTok. It's <laughs> uh, it's fun, and I need to go get a clip of this spray bottle and just turn it into a looping GIF. Uh, yeah, the, the shame. Well, no, no ends. All right, all right. So until next time, I'm Jefferson J Thacker, also known as Param. I'm Kristen Sowers, also known as Seventh Mastery, and don't forget to use your screen protector. We'll see you all next time.